welcome everybody to episode 008 of the Core 4 Podcast, April 3rd, 2019. We are six games into the 2019 MLB season, and we have a problem. The Yankees stink. <laughs> the Yankees Seriously. stink. I mean, you're We're not done. wrong. The Yankees stink. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's dead. The guys that aren't dead, they stink. Every, all the coaches, they stink. Everybody stinks. The only Except silver lining is that the Red Sox also stink, but we stink, and that's a problem. We have Phil Nevin still, so that's Phil a bonus. Phil Nevin but doesn't stink. Yeah, My apologies, Phil. But the Yankees stink. You know, I'm not even going to... No, yeah, that's fine. He doesn't stink. Yeah, but that's valid. He's not getting pitched to. So Dude, big as everyone else is. Nice. I don't know. The Ottavino looks nice. Yeah, the there's some silver linings, but... The of this team is at an all-time high. It's sickening. <laughs> Can't even fucking talk about it. It gets me upset. It gets me irate. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. I have to go day in and day out and watch these losers. I have to spend three hours Chad of my Green day... Out there. All right, no Chad Green slander, but I have to Meatball watch these Green. losers for three, right. hour, three hours of the day. I sit in my bed doing absolutely nothing with my computer on my lap, and I watch these these cuckold losers. And we're the this idiots. Sorry, excuse, we this keep sorry, sorry excuse for a baseball team, and I gotta watch them lead me on into thinking that they're gonna win a world champion, world championship. You know who's we're gonna win a world championship? The Orioles. That's who's gonna win a world championship. They've looked ridiculously good. It's like just odd. And you know and what it was? Buck Showalter. He's the cancer. He's the virus. You can't win with <laughs> Buck Showalter in the clubhouse. And no, Jose the Reyes. Yankees never did. The Yankees never won with him. <laughs> Jose Reyes is the was virus. That was what, 95, right? <laughs> yeah, 95 was when Showalter was fired. Adam Jones is the virus, and now he's gone, and now they're good. Um, speaking of Jose Reyes, I saw a serious tweet today that was suggest that was like, "No, Troy don't Tulowitzki say it. Don't finish hurt. it. Don't finish and then, it." And no, 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 no. Let me say it. Let me say it because it's funny. And then the next tweet in a completely serious, like, "Wow, Tulowitzki's hurt. He's a shortstop who's old and gets hurt." Oh, the next, going. the next tweet was seriously like Jose F- Jose Reyes is still a free agent. Just in case at? you were wondering, I don't remember. The only thing better than an injury prone old washed up shortstop is an injury prone old washed up shortstop who beats his wife and was a New York Met. That's the only yeah. thing better, I think, than an All right, old so. hurt washed up shortstop. Yeah, I really hope they stay miles miles have, away from Jose yeah, Reyes. Fine. I think we if we honestly, if we just listen to Michael, Estrada, who got if shot. we just listen to Michael about who to trade for and who to sign, we would have been fine. None of this would have happened. Seriously. Cheapo, on that note, I said this earlier. I tweeted this earlier, and I don't. I think you guys will all agree with me about it. But the people who say, "Oh wow, like Stanton's hurt, Andujar is hurt." would have been great if they had signed Harper and Machado. And it's like, well, if they signed Machado, Andujar would probably be on the Cleveland Indians um, or the Padres okay. or something like that. Like, you know, can you talk about for a second how Kluber's kind of regressed this year so far? I'm not surprised. 
I think has there been a single like not actually this is that was dumb. I'm gonna stop myself before I even say it, but like so many elite starting pitchers are just not being elite starting pitchers this year. Chris Sale, Chris Sale has been a joke. Corey Kluber has been a joke. It is April third, so it is. I mean, but like two starts is enough to like say like, are you've been a joke? I'm not saying you are a joke. I'm saying you've been a joke, and if you continue to be one, I'm gonna call you one. But so far, you have been a joke, and that's at you, Chris Sale, and at you, Corey Kluber. Jacob deGrom holding it down for my fantasy team. Man, seven innings today, 14 Ks, no runs. I think you what? Like, Chris Sale's on mine, so he's been fucking great for me. Oh, man. So, Jake, thank you. Chris Sale's average Taiwan, 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 Taiwan. I don't even know how to say that guy's name. Holding it down. It's Tyon. 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 down. Herman Marquez. Great outing today. Thank you. Man, you guys are really. Extension. Yeah. Congratulations. Felicidades. Enhorabuena. Enhorabuena. Acuna signed the extension too. Yep. Enhorabuena. Felicidades, Ronald. Maybe we should talk about the Yankees. That's what this is. Um, No. That's our podcast. So, yeah. The Yankees stink. It's a problem. There are a lot of yeah, problems in the world. I look around, I see problems everywhere. Quite frankly, I don't know if many are more grave than the laundry list of all-stars, MVPs, rookies of the year, runners-up, I guess. No, 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 I don't know, but like just impact players that the Yankees have on the injured list. I don't know if... Most in the league. Yeah, yeah, most in the league. The Yankees now have Our the most in the, the MLB list of world champions, like, like world championships and players on the injured list. What a combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang that one on the rafters yeah. mm-hmm. outside East 161st. Right in the facade. Put that up with the flags. Put it right next to number two out behind the left field bleachers in the pinstripes. That it's April 3rd, and we have 11 players on the disabled list. Seven um, of them are, like, key guys also. It's not just, like, you know, scrubs. We're yeah, in it's some not deep all, shit here. You know, there were people that were expected to be hurt, like Ellsbury, Gregorius, Ben Heller, Montgomery, and I think uh, with Tula, Sabathia, too, was there was the, the expectation. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Tula was... He was signed as sort of like a hey, if he can actually do something good, it'll be It's only a matter of time until it happened. Everyone you know, if he can give any coming. value, that's awesome. But the real reason I think they signed LeMahieu was because they really weren't betting on Tulo to do anything and then they were just gonna slide Glaber to short and have LeMahieu play second full time. And then they of course can't do that now because LeMahieu has to play third full time. Because Anduhar is hurt, <laughs> like which he's been doing <laughs> strikingly well. Year. In, I didn't realize how good that. his arm was. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't either. But like he, like I knew he had good hands, and obviously, and all that. Obviously, he's a footwork, but like he just looks like fluid. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, like it's not even I just mean, like he has the fundamentals, and I think he like he could have just like you know applied it to a different position. He just looks like a third baseman playing third he base. Came into it with I think thirteen innings, and he looks like he's you know a seasoned vet there. I mean, it's fantastic. And this is gonna sound kind of weird, but I think the size of Lemayu, he's like a he's a you know he's a yeah, big I boy. He's, he's like six, six four. four. When they show he's like the four, camera. Yeah, when they show the camera angles from like left field of him feeling ground balls and like turning double plays, I'm like, y- your mind immediately goes to, is that A Rod? 
Oh, what no. I saw, I would, like obviously, it doesn't look like a rod. No, they, no, they I, have I, no I, physical I, resemblance in the slightest. But like, they're just they're both tall dudes. The fluidity of their games and like you know how they operate at third base. It just maybe it's just like I haven't seen fundamentally sound third base play on the New York Yankees in five years. But I don't know. It's nice to see. Like I love Andujar, obviously great player and all. Yeah, but like, can't fucking play his position. It's like. Most of the time, out there. Um, what else? Sandy could hit, which is extremely nice. The guy, yeah, um, he was the last. I think he was the last Yankees starting player to to strike out in a game. Like Ted Williams out there. He yeah, a, a regular. Yeah, everyone struck out a few times today. Though that was the problem. <laughs> Eighteen. 13 yeah. against Matthew Boyd. It's made him um, look like fucking Cy Young out there. Yeah, it's that was um, not the greatest showing. No one could hit. And then you have um, Luke Voigt. Luke the fluke over here. I mean, the guy can't hit anything. Yeah, can't he did not have his best afternoon either. No. I, I think part of it was, uh, if you watch the game, you saw the shadows. Yeah, it was the 4 o'clock start. That's something that they were doing for the players because they were complaining about it's um the Yankees I think and the Tigers too have their respect the Tigers have their home opener tomorrow and the Yankees are playing against Baltimore and Baltimore's home opener tomorrow which are both early afternoon games so they um, gave them an earlier start so that they could get out of New York um earlier yeah it makes and sense so what that ended up setting up were these ridiculous shadows and and for a team that was already pressing especially with um stanton out and anduhar out two of their most productive hitters from last year it sort of turned into this like it felt like everybody was trying to be the hero and that did not work at all just a lot of guys flying open and and not like actually trying to hit the baseball in the way that they teach you in middle school Striking out 18 out of the 27 outs, that's just... Like, and I understand like, that the Yankees are a strikeout-prone team. I understand the concerns like with the shadows and all that shit. And like, I understand Matthew Boyd also pitched a very nice game today. He had, a, he had a very, very quality outing. But at the same time, you're the New York Yankees. There is no viable explanation for the pitiful offensive performance we not only saw today this afternoon but just the past every game what how many games are there six the past five games have just been absolutely dreadful to watch and like i I turn on i turn on the yankees and i want to see home runs i want to see doubles i want to see you know fireworks i want to see back to back and i want to see this guy doing this and this guy doing that i don't want to see I don't want the offensive highlight of a game to be the fact that we strung two hits together in, you know, in a row. And then, and then what? I think, I think Greg Bird hit a single to center field. And that might have been it. That might have yeah, been yeah. it. Besides the two hits in a row from DJ and Aaron Judge. The incompetence of like, his offense is just sad right now to see. I mean, and I get all these injuries, but you're facing a minor league team, essentially. Like, it's just there's no Boyd, excuse. Boyd I, pitched well his last time out, but I have no reason to believe that he's actually, you know, he's got a little bit Randy of deception. And he's 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's on. what he pitched like in terms of results. But I mean, Lemayhew struck out twice, Voit twice, Sanchez twice, Torres three times, Bird twice, Frazier twice, Wade once. Talkman three times. Talkman went over three with three strikeouts. Like uh, last I checked, that's not great. No, he's been, not he's been garbage. No. Yeah. I hope he gets sent down and then has like a Luke Voigt revelation and then comes back up and turns into Prime Trout or like Mike yeah, Martin or Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. or some shit. But like, I just don't know he's anymore. Not, I think it really he. That's just giving him too much time to get back. hurt in like tearing ACL or something because he's on the New York Yankees and that's everyone's yeah, at this point. That's what that's what's happening to them anyways. But yeah, they don't have anybody else in spot. No one. I mean, really have Burns. What is? Everybody OPS in spring. Yeah, he he did not have a great spring. I mean, we're at the point now where where Tyro Estrada is coming up to play. And regular um, bench bats also. It's not just yes. He's gonna get like cons- he's, he's gonna, gonna platoon bats, Wade probably at second base. My, my, I I'm a little confused by by doing that with Estrada. When if it was up to me, I probably would have moved somebody to the 60 day IL and gone with um, Gio Urshela to play third base because he's yeah. ridiculously good in the field and move Lomayhu to second base. Except for that, that's why I'm getting Yankees where he had like what three errors. Oh yeah, yeah that, was br- that. that was brutal. But I'm, I mean, I don't like, really care about what his postseason looks were because I'm just trying to make it through April. Get in this postseason, anyways. I mean, we're only going to win what like thirty games at this rate. Um, yeah, but that wouldn't make sense. But I guess I mean, who would they um um move though? Like Heller, Ellsbury, Montgomery. No, it would probably be Heller or Montgomery. Heller, because Monty will um. Um, come back, I think, in like. August-ish. I don't think he's gonna be back in less than two months. Yeah, that's true. But I had I, the reports that I had seen were that he was targeting August. So, I mean, and same with Gregorius. Oh, Gregorius probably recently said, "Yeah, he's Gregorius might be as soon as June." Which that would, you know, I mean, which could I could be, might not be. Back. We never really know. I think the thing, some of the things that that have struck me has been uh, a lot of sort of swings through pitches that I seem to remember these specific hitters taking last year, Um, which I think kind of comes from a spot of wanting to be, you know, be the guy who steps up because, you you know, Judge talks about the next man up stuff. And it's sort of, I mean, Judge has been has been do, kind of doing everything he can. He hasn't homered, but that's you know, I'm I'm fine with him not homering if he's still getting on base. Which he he walked and and got a single today, drove in a run, which is more than most guys on the team can say that they contributed in in today's game. But I I, I don't know if you can, especially with with the urgency that this team needs towards the the eventual goal of getting to the playoffs and things like that you can't really tell them to um to like relax and try to you know slow things down because they kind of you know at this point it's about damage control and yeah getting through the rest of the month with without sort of having more stuff go wrong because that's and, the, i mean that's that's the issue now. 
And speaking of stuff going wrong and like infield defense and like who's playing where, Jerickson and Profar. That was one of the worst. Had one of the worst plays or one of the worst exhibits of baseball I've ever seen in my life. We're watching this Red Sox uh, athletics game live. They're in the, what is that, the top of the sixth. And I don't know who it was. I think it was, I don't know who just hit it. It was Raphael Devers. Yeah, Raphael Devers hit a slow ground ball to second base. Mookie was on first. Literally could have turned probably the easiest 4-6-3 double play I've ever seen in my life. And he lobbed it to second base. But the only problem was that it went 10 feet over his fucking head and five feet to the right. Since they were doing, they had the shift on. Chap, there was no one at third base, so Chapman got the ball, and there was just no one. The pitcher should have been there. But that, this is completely irrelevant to everything we were just talking about. But I, I'm watching this, and I'm recording at the same time, and I almost threw up on my laptop. Everything that the Yankees did today is excused now that I just witnessed this. I don't know about that. I don't either. But I'm speaking out of passion. And when I do that, I speak irrationally. It's all part of being a fan. And when I do things um, irrationally and out of passion, I don't know. I was going to segue, but you can note that I was going to try and do something to get back into it, but it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, yeah, I, I think it's sort of about treading water. I mean, 18 strikeouts is is a pretty jarring thing and and uh, it's weird to sort of there was the the usually expected reaction of of blaming the hitting coaches and and oh they try to hit too many home runs and and whatever nonsense that people push to not hold players accountable but like at a certain point it comes down to you know, they can't be coaching them on approach every single time. They can't be, you know, they're not at the plate holding the bat. At some point, you got to just be like, man, like. Well, no, analytics are at the plate holding the bat. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they blame analytics, you know, because it's something that, that, you know, that the fans, they don't understand. So it's because analytics is, com- is in and of itself is means, you know, not on field performance stuff, even though it's. Y- you know, the results of the on-field stuff is used to calculate the stuff that they are using to make decisions and, and um, make personnel and shifts and strategies and all that stuff. But like, on the contrary, it, I think analytics are just everything that analytics represents is an inherent bad. It is inherently detrimental to a baseball team. And anytime they're used, means that they're actively detracting from the success of the Yankees because no other team uses them. Yeah, Only the Yankees, the and that's why analytics. they stink. Uh-huh. Because, you know, analytics, which is the reason we have Mike Tuckman, 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 Tushman. He, yeah, yeah that they, that's MDD analytics. That's why Hicks. they stink. That's why they stink. Yeah. I mean, I, oh man, I just get, I'm trying to be nice, but I get so mad when I go on Twitter and people just yell about the word analytics for fucking fuck's sake for no reason, because they don't understand it. You know what analytic, like, like if you look at, I don't know, people think it's like some taboo word and I see people like, oh, the, the, the Harvard kids really did it this time. They, they, 
graduated from Harvard and then they're sitting in the dugout with Aaron Boone and making the lineup. Oh, what a gig that. No, shut the fuck up. It's literally not that. I, I wish that whole little fucking revelation that the Yankees heavily weigh some of the um, decision making on analytics. I wish that never came out because that was the worst thing to happen to this fan base that they they somehow concluded that every major decision is made solely on the basis of a bunch of numbers and X's and plus signs put together with a bunch of slash uh, slash lines and statistics. And that's how people coach baseball nowadays. I understand it's not conventional and I understand maybe you don't like Aaron Boone. You think he's a puppet, all this and that. Jesus fucking Christ, people. They're not the only team. I mean, analytics didn't strike out 18 times today. The Yankees did. They were overmatched. They sucked. They sucked. All right. It wasn't WBC MLB plus minus slash this divided by four that made them strike out a bunch of times. All right. Labor Torres didn't strike out three times today because of a bunch of random letters and a plus sign thrown together. And and this happened with this number and this equation divided by three quadratic formula, this Pythagorean fucking this and that. No, he struck out because he stinks. He doesn't actually stink, but he stunk today. Okay, it's time we start holding players accountable for being shit. There's 162 games. No one's good for all 100, 162 fucking games in a season. All right. If you are, if you can find me a player that's done that. Day in and day out, fucking be my guest. I'll shake their hand. I'll do a lot more than that. It's baseball. There are ups, ups and downs. Okay? Numbers aren't going up to the plate. Numbers aren't going onto the mound and blowing games like Aroldis Chapman did the other night. Numbers aren't striking out a bunch of times and swinging at bad pitches like Luke Voigt did today. Numbers aren't throwing the ball into the dugout when you're trying to turn the double play. Like Labor Torres did last night. All right. These things happen. It's baseball. Just because you don't understand the word and the meaning of analytics does not mean you can use it as a crutch for every shortcoming that a baseball team has because you're too incompetent to understand anything else. All right. Just because you're scared of them. I'm not a big fan either. I hate numbers. I hate numbers. I haven't taken a math class in like five years for a fucking reason. But I understand that they're not the reason that the Yankees stink. If anything, they're a reason that the Yankees have been so good for the past few years. People don't want to understand that. But no, no, no. But because analytics is what, you know, what the front office saw in Mike Tuckman, and he struck out a couple times today, that means that analytics have damned the whole team to hell. All right? You're pathetic. You're pathetic. If you think that this is the reason the Yankees have started off slow, analytics. And define it, define it for me before you start slant, you know, slinging it around as the as the grand fucking answer to everything. Define it first. I want to see that before you, you know, divorce cab drivers and sixteen year olds start, you know, doing this and that, and you, you become Joe fucking Tory. Become Dictionary.com first. All right, you're not Casey Stengel, and you never fucking will be. All right. I'm done. Yeah, I'm going well. to bed. I'm sorry. I'm going to bed. It's you know, I don't even know how how to follow that in any way, <laughs> shape, or form, and I don't even know if I'm going to try. But the the thing about the the trend that I'm noticing is it, it's a little bit. In, they don't. They aren't. You, 
how do I phrase this? They're not putting the pieces together the way that they have done in the past and the way they did in spring training, where they were willing to let pitchers pitch around them and like um, allow runners on base to become something that adds more pressure onto pitchers. And then as a result, keep the line moving. There were a lot of pitches out of the zone that they've been chasing and um, <laughs> stuff like that. Obviously it, it adds up and then you don't, you can't win if you're not fundamentally sound. And at this point, it they haven't been um, defensively, offensively, specifically. Um, plate discipline has been, you know, it's been pretty brutal. And that's, you know, hard to overcome. Yeah, like these are, these are just things that a baseball team endures. That's why it's a long season. That's why there aren't 16 games. In a baseball season, that's why there's not even 82 games in a baseball season like there are in hockey and basketball. There are so many games because it's it ebbs and flows. It's a very dynamic season. These things happen. The reason that it's so hard to be good at baseball, the reason it's so like the reason that we put people who fail 70 percent of the time in the Hall of Fame is because baseball's not easy. Do you realize that like people who hit 300 for a career over 15 years are heralded as some of the best players ever. That's 70% failure. Okay. And you people are crying because we're six games in and we haven't, we haven't looked too hot because 11 people are on the DL. Like, I understand it's frustrating. I understand. I didn't, I am not having fun watching these games. I'm not jumping up and down, waving my arms around, but it's a long season. And I'm not saying that because it's early that the games don't matter because people are going to, you know, people are going to say, oh, these games you know, can lose you a division uh, just as easily as games 160 and 162. I understand that they count just the same. But number one, since it's early, you have more time to make it up. They could, lo- they could not lose from here on out. They could not lose a single game from here on out and win the division, I would hope. But it's not likely. That's, that's what happens. You lose. It's baseball. Right. I mean, the, the the team last year had that ridiculous streak in um, probably I think it was May or something like that, where they steamrolled a bunch of contenders and you know, um, Boston, Houston, Cleveland. And they played like, you know, it's kind of like, wow, like this is what this team can really do when they're clicking. And there's I mean, the last year's team wasn't roaring out of the gate with with no, you know, outstanding results. And that's, I think the difference is, is that they, last year, they had the opportunity, you know, they started with everybody and could keep going with everybody. There were, you know, there weren't countless injuries and and issues where you end up having um, your second baseman be a platoon of Tyra Estrada and Tyler Wade. Um, you don't have Brett Gardner <clears throat> being forced to be your center fielder and being forced to have Clint Frazier and Mike Tauchman getting regular at bats, which isn't to knock Clint Frazier, to be honest, or Tauchman. I mean, the reality yeah, is... Just say it. Hmm? Tauchman's unproven, but Clint Frazier, you stink. Yeah, Clint, you stink. You stink. Sorry, there's no way and around like Yandel, it. Yandel. At least you look nice with your um, you know, all your um, cleats, but you know, you stink. Yandel, I give you all the respect in the world, like I do. You know, Poppy, but like he stinks. 
watching him play left field today, like I understand he's got promise oh, yeah, as a hitter. Like I, I, I actually I defend Clint Frazier and I, I like would consider myself one of his defenders. Like I, I like him. I hope he does well. Good God, watching him play that left field throw? today. Like the throw, not even the fact that it was halfway up the baseline, but like he started, he caught it flat footed. He didn't like lead himself into it at all. Like he takes awful routes to the baseball, literally just like day one at practice things that you learn when you play outfield. And he's not doing it. He's not doing it. He might as well just have his eyes closed at that point. Though the tin man in left field. Like I, 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 Texted, you know, our, our little group message. I said, I think Larry, uh, Larry fucking Rothschild could have made a better play today on that one. He stabbed his glove at. Yeah, I went down to the wall. Jesus. Clint. Figure it out. All right. You're, you're here. You got your chance. Everyone's hurt. And you got a 90 year old playing center field. You're going to be playing a lot of left field in the, in the coming weeks. Like it would be a, a very big help to the New York Yankees if you weren't incompetent. All right. It's, it's true. It's very, very true. I mean, hopefully it's yeah. so. I'm not even going to lie. Those, those yeah, the, Jordan yeah. 11s today, those are pretty yeah, fun. So if you're trying to send those my way. Pass game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just sent me your play now, but. I don't so, know if you were a size 12, but like I'll send you a couple bucks or something. I got PayPal. I got Venmo. Cash app? No, I don't have cash app. But do we you all have laptops? Next. So, yeah, they're going. Going to Baltimore. Maybe that's what they need, you know. To be honest. I just, they should just keep him down there. Trade into the Orioles for Jonathan VR. And we'll, we'll yeah. just... And Renato Nunez. And um, who's I that third baseman? He played VR like he was interesting. Um, Richie Martin? Was that the third baseman? I mean, Brooks no, Robinson. Rio Ruiz. Oh, yeah. Ruiz, Ruiz, yeah. Yeah. Ruiz played ridiculous third base in that series. Yeah. I'm going to be fed up if he keeps... Making every single play again in the next series, which yeah. actually I want to I want to get into this. Um, speaking of of making trades for infielders, um, the idea that the Yankees are are probably going to do something about this infield situation, I I think it's more likely than not that they end up trading for for an infielder of some kind between now and. May 31st. They won't. There's no shot. No, no shot I, they do. Okay, that's bad take. You I remember think they how won't. long it took to get um, a cushion? That was because they were trying to stay under the luxury tax and had to keep yeah, negotiating. Yeah, there, there were different with, things, and then it was also the, like the waiver deadline and stuff was weird. I don't know. Like, that, 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 was, that was a bit annoying, but like, honestly, like, this is unrealistic, and I understand that, but I would wake up, and if I ever saw this, with a, I'd have a big smile on my face that we sent a nice package to the Toronto Blue Jays for the three of Brandon Drury, Justin Smoke, and Marcus Stroman. That would address three problems that the New York Yankees have consistently. And that uh, is... Justin Smoke, I think, is a given. I think, yeah, I think Justin Smoke is a Yankee sooner rather than later, regardless. I think it's been a long time coming. I think if the two of them keep up at first base being inadequate, then it's there's it's it's such a like a high reward low risk type deal. He could DH in the interim of Stanton being injured. He could play first base and Voight could DH. Like he's good. Like he's he's a very good baseball player. He's been in the A at least for God knows how long. I don't know. Marcus Stroman. That's like the fringe kind of thing. Like I understand. Love it would just Marcus be fun. I, yeah, we we the love Marcus Stroman. 
I think he would, um, he's AL East thriving New York, he's, but he's AL East from here too. Yeah, he, he's a he's from he's New, New York, York boy, Long Island, I think, right? Yeah, he was a Yankee fan too. I mean, but that's obvious. Everyone was as a kid. But yeah, and then Brandon Jury, we could reunite with our old friend. That is the more obvious one at this moment. As long as he could see, would it be if he was playing third base again after Andrew Hart took his job and then Andrew I Hart mean, got, it's only got a hurt. matter of time. I think it would also be ironic if we traded for somebody like Starlin Castro, which I've seen rumored oh, around. Oh God, I'd love for Starlin to come back. It, it would just be so ironic. That would be a little bit more ironic than the uh, the Drury thing because at that point we would have effectively gotten Giancarlo Stanton for free. I really like, want his dribble Cabrera. That's who I want. Ask dribble. I mean, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's versatile. He's a good hitter. He would add a lot of like depth to the lineup and to the defense. I feel like I would. I would, also, I would, he's the cheapest. He's the cheap. He's yeah. cheaper. Sterling Castro. He's cheaper than what Mike Francesa was saying. Uh, Martin Prado. man. How about this? Yeah, no. As dribble, I, I, I like that. That that would not be a bad idea. Um, I like um Neil Walker. How about that? Yeah, he's making like I think his his total salary is two million dollars. So pro, the pro rate Walker of that is completely reasonable. One of my favorites last year. He wasn't that good. I, I just liked him. I love Neil just, Walker as well. I have I, I, have, the, I have like a a, shirt, a Neil Walker jersey. Honestly, I'm gonna say this. Twitter made me hate Neil Walker. I also like he pissed me off on the field a lot. But like this season, he's, Twitter has made me hate Neil Walker because people acted like when we let him walk that we literally let. Like the greatest thing since sliced bread. You, you know where this is gonna lead. You know where oh, this I is know going. Exactly where going. What me? You know oh. who's uh, you know who's uh, available to uh, possibly be an infielder. Uh, it's currently in the oh, Twins no. system. Oh, I forgot about. Ronald I've seen so Torres. many of those tweets All today. Right. Jesus. Oh, he Don't stinks. even start. He Don't stinks. start. He He's stinks. a mascot. He's a team mascot. That's all he is. They were like, oh, I wonder, if the, I wonder if the Twins would trade him. The Twins would put him in a fucking pitching machine and angle it far enough, you know, high enough to get him back to New York. They don't give a shit. He's a, he's a shit stain on any MLB team. Whatever jersey he decides to put on, he's insignificant. He'd be the fourth best player on the Rail Riders right now. Oh, I think his contact swing would really benefit our lineup right now. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. He's one-dimensional at that. If he's even one-dimensional, he's one-dimensional. He is everything that DJ LeMahieu can do. And maybe I should reverse it. Everything that Ronald Torres can do, DJ LeMahieu can do it at a professional level and more. At an all-star. We, we, we don't need some little bum with a, with a mole on his lip to come... <laughs> Jumping around when Aaron Judge hits a home run. I don't need to trade. I don't need. It's oh, funny. He's short now. He's short. He's, he's short. So cute. Oh, he's a my team mascot at that point. That's all he is. <laughs> God. Uh, honestly, why don't they like at the he's beginning of the game? That's all he run is. around and like spin him up above somebody's head like a, like a sign, like some one of those like dress up chickens that you see on the street in a movie or something. <laughs> Like and they helicopter him around the first baseline of Yankee Stadium. He's a joke. He's a joke. Or oh, we'll put a Velcro helmet on him and we'll throw him at a big target. Isn't that what people do with midgets? <laughs> yeah, in the Wolf of Wall Street, they did that. I remember that as a scene. I, it makes me irrationally angry when people think he would add any actual value, baseball value, to this team. I don't care who he's friends with. I don't care if he's. 
Pork and Cashman's daughter. I don't care. <laughs> Keep uh, Ron Perez away from so my baseball yeah, team. A little. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd do that. I think the no, deal he signed, guy, the deal he he signed with Minnesota, guarantees him more money than he would have made an arbitration with the Yankees. So, sorry, um, I, I said a lot of grotesque things. I don't like Ronald Torres, but I said some grotesque things that I probably shouldn't have said. This is a family. This is a family platform. We encourage kids to listen to the Core Four podcast. How about kids Freddie Galvis? Someday, but Do we? Freddie right. Galvis. That's another one in the in the Blue Jays conversation. I like that name. We talked about him in the offseason, actually. Too. Yeah, Brian yeah, Cashman. Yeah, was talking about name wrong. Kind of, I think yeah. just to piss off Yankees fans, but like, but he was. I mean, when, at a time when infield defense is at a premium, too much money. Oh, Galvis, too low for five hundred k. Yeah, you know that's the move. A guy that lasted six games, not even. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, um, Galvis is currently the third highest paid Blue Jay if you don't count Troy Tulowitzki. And he's only getting paid five million for one year. Nothing at all. That is four million with a five point five option for next year. If you think about it, it's actually a perfect deal for the Yankees. It is. So, but I I think I don't see him making any moves. I just don't. I think they should, but I just don't see it. But why? Why do you think they won't do it? Because I, I, I just, I just feel like of what I've seen in the past with the team and how long they take with moves. I just don't think they will. I mean, I know it's a stereo like type of you know, oh, you know, they're cheap. I, I think they kind of are. I really, I don't know. I just don't think they'll make a move. They'll I don't think it's fair to say that they're cheap. It's just that, like, yeah, I, it's not. I don't know. Just because yeah, they don't no, make trades th- like no, no. six hours after somebody gets hurt. No, 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 no. I get I, I'm that, not saying you. I'm I, not saying you. I, no, I understand. I like, you mean. You're, you're, you know, symbolizing. I'm just using because you said it. I'm thinking about like people on Twitter that make me mad. But like, yeah, I have a couple ads, but I'll keep them to myself. Yeah. Um, and tell no, me, make I our core four hit list. Yeah. Not a hit list. I'm FBI. Um, I don't mean hit list, hit list. I mean our least favorite people on Twitter. Just to be happen soon. Yes, hit songs. Per uh, your request. The um, songs that make the speakers go boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Rock the block. Big parody. Big parody rock. Here's what I think about, about the idea of, it, of him being cheap, and I don't even know. I think that's unfair as well, but like... I think at this point, the guy that they're going to acquire by nature is going to be cheap because it's not like they're going to say, oh, wow, our our shortstop is our our third baseman. This is my example. But if our third baseman's hurt, we're going to go and offer a massive deal to get Josh Donaldson out of Atlanta or someone like that. They're not going to do that. It's not smart. Like it is smart to have the best players on your team, but like it's not just it's just a not business savvy move. The Yankees aren't going to go, you know, offering the whole farm for Nolan Arenado because Andujar got hurt. Like you know, you need stop gaps, and I understand like Tulo was supposed to be a little bit more than a stop gap. That was very dumb. I'm sorry. That was so. I mean, it's it's dumb now that he got hurt, but like if he didn't get hurt, it would have been the smartest thing Brian Cashman's ever done. Well, if you think about it, if you think about it, it would have. He was going to get hurt. It was. So obvious. Even but a dead but guy but could but see but 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 just signed him and Machado, but that's another. Right. Well, the I thing about him is Machado's name ever again yeah. in my life. Him and like Freddie Galvis. <laughs> him and Freddie Galvis. There. Thank you. Anybody that's a healthy, healthy shortstop, they could have. But, but, but you know what they did? But you know what they did? 
they, they signed were DJ relying on Andahar to stay, you know, like healthy. That was the thing. Right. And the backup. That was, was where everything labor. went wrong. Well, that if they was, Cause mm-hmm. Andahar had to, you know, um, what did he even do? He got his arm like caught up in a bag and he dumped. Yeah. He like went into third base. To he, third, yeah. he tore up his labor on out for the only thing about tra- year. The only thing about trading for or signing Freddie Galvis in retrospect would have been that he has shreds and a beard and Red Sox fans would have called the Yankees racist. Yeah, because they um, would have made him shave yeah, his dreads and his beard. Are, I won't say the app, but yeah, you know who you friend are. Friend of the podcast, very good friend of the podcast. Unblock me if you ever get around to it, you dumb coward. And I know you can hear me. I'll tweet. I got burners. I'll tweet at you. And I got. I still got shooters too. So you can run, but <laughs> not those kinds of shooters. <laughs> FBI. Okay, why, FBI, why, I promise. Why, I promise. I'm just why are we making a, a hit list? I, no hit list, no, no shooters, list, no guns. No shooters, none of the podcast. Do not employ Minutemen of any kind. We are not associated with any mob bosses, anything of the like. We're very peaceful people who have been wronged by others on Twitter and sometimes need to take matters into our own hands in a nonviolent manner. We are simply truth tellers. Democracy dies in darkness and you know what they do to truth tellers. Ask MLK, ask JFK. I fear I'm next. So, uh, like, and now that, you know, now that I'm not going to be drinking the Kool-Aid anymore and I'm not a sheep, I'm not, I'm not a zombie. And and since I'm not, you know, I'm never going to spend another dime on these cheapos ever again, again. frauds. What was your guys' favorite thing to do at Yankee Stadium when you used to go? Because, I mean, we're never going to go again. So, like, when yeah, we're, like, basking um, the memories while we can. Um, like, my favorite fresh. was to watch the team win. That's I uh, also enjoyed watching thing. the team I win. I enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed um, the shopping mall that that stadium is. <laughs> um, you know, my good friends, they call it a, the mall. So, if you're listening, do you know exactly who you are? No, um, but like, but yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly do love going through Monument Park and like, this isn't even a joke. Like, this isn't even a jest. I love like yeah, you know, going through Monument joke, Park before, before a game and like, oh, and public service announcement. I tweeted this, but uh, liking the chicken finger basket at Yankee Stadium is not a personality type. I can assure you that like you are one of thousands upon thousands upon tens upon thousands of people who also enjoy the bucket of chicken fingers and fries because it's $21 and split among two people. It is fairly distributed portions of food and it is very reasonably priced compared to everything else on the menu at Yankee stadium. So it's not yeah, a personality type. All that food is very good. Just, it's a savvy, you know. it's a savvy economic movie. It's fun. It's fiscally and financially responsible. All right. We don't need to go be we don't need to print it on apparel just to know that you like chicken fingers. And second thing, garlic fries are gross, people. Yeah, they're very garlic yeah, fries are gross. That's yeah, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever had. Especially because of how, like, do you, how do you live with yourself? You're eating that shit. It's all over your hands. You're shooing away vampires. And they're soggy, too, all the time. Jesus. They're, just, oh, like, they're so soggy. <laughs> It tastes like it does taste. It does bad. It it's not good. My favorite Yankee Stadium experience. I'm going with a with a past thing, like what I was there for. Like I was um, one of the first games I ever went to was when uh, Bernie Williams got his 2,000th career hit. 
And that was pretty cool just because um, I didn't like, like when I was still becoming more and more of a Yankees fan, Bernie Williams was one of the guys who was like consistently just like, like the Yankees personified. And that was sort of cool because he was one of the names that I recognized every single time. Uh, and that was one of the f- sort of formative experiences. And I also w- was at a game where uh, John Flaherty hit a massive grand slam against the Rockies. Oh, wow. That's uh, something I don't know. Every day. The, I didn't know he ever probably, in a bat. That, that was probably like 17% of his career RBIs in one swing. But yeah, sorry, Flash. Do you Waste. think he's a better player or a better bar, uh, broadcaster? Because he's oh, pretty subpar. He's the Padres. Wait. Uh, huh? No, Rockies, yeah. 2004. You all right, Max? <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. having a stroke over here live. All right, Max, you... Oh, yeah, no. All right, go, Max, because you wanted to do here. All right. Uh, if I had to pick the favorite experience, probably the playoffs two years ago. Just yeah. being able to go yeah. to all those home games and every home game was a win. And it was some of yep. the greatest. I've never had more fun at a sporting event than I did at those games. Yeah. yeah. I, John and three. I were at game three of the ALDS when, when Greg, Bird. Greg Bird hit that infamous you know home run. And oh my God, like I understand. Like, the feeling. Just it was so, the tense nature of that game. Tanaka and Carrasco back, going back and forth. Seven innings. Judge robbing the home run literally like 10 feet from my face. Yeah, we were right We were in there. section 103. Like, Zach Campbell was like two rows in front of me. Um, like, it was just an electric, electric game. And when Greg Bird hit that home run, I just lost my mind. I didn't even I see where the ball did. went. Once I saw leave the bat and everyone started yelling, I hopped up on the arms I of my chair. Out. Yeah, I hopped up on the arms of my chair, not even knowing what I was doing, and started flailing my arms in the air. And I, I actually ended up on the, the, the you know, I hate this guy, but like the Zach Campbell video of that game, you could see me wearing my Aaron Judge jersey, flailing my arms in the air, and then flailing off the arms of my chair, just in pure bliss after Greg Bird hit that home run. It was just such an experience. Oh, so man. I was at, I was at game four of that series and just seeing Trevor Bauer get his app his tits absolutely lit up was yeah, the was amazing. Especially after was game amazing. one, how he dominated us. And then obviously I was at the uh, the comeback game against the Astros and mm-hmm. I I I was at I don't the know next if we'll ever see anything like that in a play like it's like I'll like never see anything in person that. like that again. Do you guys remember your first Yankees game? Oh, God, no. Mine no, was definitely no. a Yankees-Orioles game. It's, I feel like that was what it was. It was back I'm, in like no, the early 2000s. Because it was when A-Rod just joined the team. Yeah, mine, mine was definitely 2004. Yeah, mine was mine 2004 was as well. probably around there, but I really... I don't like remember anything. I don't remember... See, the, the reason I remember... I remember the the exact date of the game and everything. Cause my dad, when we used to go to baseball games as like kids and like even predating me, like my older brother. And when he would go to games and stuff, my dad would take like the program and like pictures we took and like the tickets themselves and all these different things from the stadium and put it into like a big picture frame. And I have like 15 of them hanging in my room from like different games. I went to like my first Yankees game. I've, you know, I went to the last game at Chase stadium, shit like that. And the first game I went to was July 7th, 2004 Yankees lost to the Tigers. Ironically enough, 10 to 8. 
Kenny Lofton led off that game. I mean, like some of these names, John Flaherty was playing catcher, Enrique Wilson at second. Oh, Enrique Wilson. Yeah, this um, is this is gonna sound weird, but I was definitely at that game too. Max, find out and then find out where you're sitting. We were probably sitting next to each other, honestly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, like, I was on the the first base side. We might have, honestly. But Hideki Matsui had three hits that day. He went three yeah, for four. I was there. I was of there. course he did. That's I, I, I was remember because Enrique Wilson was starting. And I remember. I was a Enrique Wilson guy. Two hits and three uh three RBIs. Go A Rod, love him. Um Wow. Gary Sheffield was playing right field and batting third. It was hitting 294 at that point. Good for you, Gary. Miguel Cairo came in at the end of the game to play second base. The game was started by Brad Halsey. Oh, oh man. He was good at first. Wasn't Brad he? Halsey. Brad Halsey's now at, uh, he's at some college. I forgot which one. No, he's now dead. <laughs> Is he actually? I'm dead serious. I'm actually serious. Yep, died October 31st, 2014, at age 33. <clears throat> I mean, obviously his death is not a laughing matter, and may he rest in peace. The funny he thing is everyone has been, has been complaining about um, needing Gio Gonzalez, needing Our to look into Keichel. Starting so, pitching has not been the problem. The pitching has been fine. The bullpen, realistically, other than Chapman's meltdown, the bullpen's been fine, too. I mean, Chad Green gave up an there unlucky homer, meltdown, but you should be no, able to score more really. than two friggin' runs against the Detroit Tigers. I mean, yeah, that's, that, like, that's, like, that's the thing. That's we the we look at losses, and you're like, oh, it's got to be the pitching. It's got to be the pitching. That's what we're conditioned no, to say over the, the past offense. two years. But, geez, yeah, loss, you're not going to win too many games scoring one run. We're like the Mets last year. Seriously. It's going to have a two ERA and, and a negative record at the end of the year Come at this fucking rate. Right. I mean, you need to score one to win, but they scored three in, in the last in the three game series against the Tigers. They scored five runs in three games, which is unacceptable against the Our Orioles. They scored seven runs in the first game. I mean, they scored an, a, a decent amount of runs. But if, if the Yankees scored what they scored in the Baltimore series, which was seven runs and they won three runs and they lost five, uh, five runs and they lost against Detroit. Mm-hmm. They would have won the first game. They would have gone to extras in the second game. And they would have won the, uh, the third game. Speaking of a sweep, we need a sweep in this next um, um, series. Yeah, we I'm just a sweep. I, I would love a sweep, but like, I know we're not going to get it. The Yankees are getting more. bad luck drawing all these tough teams to open up the season. I know. Yeah. And guess who's up after like, um, this series? My gosh, the, ball, the, the Houston Astros and the Tigers. Team, so we should but be. You fine. mean the last place Houston Astros and yeah, the exactly. last place Boston so, Red Sox and the yeah, first place should. Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, like, yeah. Even second, I think, is the Rays. But the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, they're good. Gonna, I, I don't think they're right. going to be that good. No, it, it, honestly, like, I'm getting they're going to be a good. No, team. no, 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 guys. You have to remember the first six games determines the entire they're season. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. So, who's our MVPs at this rate? Um, oh, MVPs. One. Yeah, Cody. Wait, team MVPs or league MVPs? No, league MVPs. Oh, league I mean, MVPs. Um, we got a three man. We got a three horse race between Goldschmidt, Yelich, and and fucking um. Well, it's just, Cody Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger. Is on the uh, Twins. Twins. Ronald Torres. No, Williams. The uh, the. the Williams. Oh, oh, oh. oh, so fat Ronald Torres. Yeah. Well, he's good, but he's good. Is he? Look at what, being fat? Yeah. No. He has the best oh, ever uh, batting average after 108, uh, I think, eight beats. Yeah, 100 plate appearances with at least 100 plate appearances. 
Well, he doesn't walk or strike out. But yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a sweep would be nice. But for now, all we can really worry about sweeping is uh, sweeping the past six games behind us. And, you know, yeah, you like that. That was, that was a good one. That was yeah, rough that was great. I honestly might go into, like, freestyle poetry. I can't rap, so I would just have to stick to poetry. But, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're mad about it. There's not much we can do. You guys are mad about it. It's not much you can do. But, you know, what you can do is DM and call us and yell about it. So that's what you did. And in numbers, you guys came in numbers for these, you know, first six games. So we're going to start with some DMs at K underscore guns. Zalas says, forgetting that it's the first day of April. This was sent on Monday. I understand that we're playing horrible teams and losing, but that's why there's 159 games of baseball left that we really shouldn't have lost. Seve, Cece, and Batances are making progress throwing. We just have to get Hicks back on the field. Overall, you know, a little nod to Aaron Rodgers. He says, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. That being said, we should expect this team to win every day. We just seem to overreact after every loss. Kane, I couldn't agree more. We overreact after every loss. I did it in the beginning of the episode as, you know, just having fun so I could yell. But we got to get a grip. I did say that there's a lot of baseball left to be played, and I completely agree. He's right. But since he um, sent that, we've lost Stanton, Miguel Andar, and Tulowitzki in a three-day span. So I don't really think it's time to relax anymore. I think it's time to um, nut up or shut up and fucking win some games. Yeah, I mean, that's one. I mean, one of the things that that always happens is is the sort of expectation is that they can fill fill the holes as needed. And I think that they can do that adequately. But the thing that becomes most concerning is, is sort of building season long habits that that are, are beneficial to the team. But I do think it's funny because, mo- you know, the, the guys who are closest to coming back to contribute to the team are pitchers. It's Patances, Severino and Sabathia. And that's not where the where, need is right now. Right. So. The, the starting is the pitching has been fantastic um, with, you know, an exception here, an exception there. But they've been, you know, better than advertised. I mean, Domingo Herman pitched really well. Loisaga pitched fine other than, you know, losing his command and walking the bases loaded. Um, which, you know, that obviously didn't end well with the sacrifice fly. So like the, you know, that stuff is sort of, you know, those, those elements aren't going to be as fixed as instantly as we think. And I, I don't know. I think the team will benefit greatly from Aaron Hicks being back. Aaron Hicks leading off and pushing Gardner to be batting seventh, eighth or ninth would be great. When's he going to come back? Uh, the, you know that's the, that's the, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, it'd be August, really nice having September. him off next year. He hasn't nice even bat. like picked up a bat yet. It all started with a um a sore back in what the third um, game of the spring. It was March third was when it was and announced that we he were had told oh he's fine. Ooh. You know we were told oh he's fine. It's just a sore back. Yeah, he'll be back for the weekend. Continue, continue, continue. No, he's no, he's dead. He's done. Pack it up. 
Bye, Aaron. Adam as top five MVP this year. And tomorrow. I, I'm honestly Going wondering which of those, uh, yeah, which of the predictions is, is going worse. Uh, Max's Tulo plays a hundred games or John's that's a hundred percent dead. Yeah. Mine still has some life. Maybe if he comes, you know, you never know. Yeah, if he, he comes, comes back, back and goes in, on a tear. 400. Yeah. But, but yeah, but in, and like, it's times like this, that, that really like test the, the strength, I guess I, you know, I mean, maybe strength uh-huh. is a bad word, but like test the, the test your metal. Be, yeah, it te- well, yeah. Yeah. It tests your metal as a team and it tests your metal as, as a fan of that team. Like these are the moments where yeah, it shows like um, what you're made of essentially. Exactly. And then that leads us to another DM where Josh Fussell at fussy wussy 12. Love the name. Uh, says I'm a diehard Yankees fan, but after the first series and all the injuries, it's hard to, hard for me to still believe. Do I have something to worry about or just keep believing? And I, I would say you have something to worry about. There are a lot of injuries. Team kind of stinks. Like, you know, the, the players, the 11 players on the DL weren't the ones that struck out 18 times today. I think there's something to be said about that. Those are two different issues. But I think there's more than enough of a reason to keep believing. And that I, I, I think there's is, so much talent on this team. Yeah. And so much promise. And that, so much time still. Yeah. And so much time. Really, time is six more games. Yep, I know we get oversaid. But there is so much time left in the American League. Um, it stinks. It's not good. They're fine. Well, well, well you never know now with, with they're not the 2014 with the Tigers and the Orioles running. But they're not fine. The Yankees is currently constructed. Still should win be beating. Currently constructed. Games, I would almost bet. Tyler Wade playing Once second base. Once everyone is back, DJ playing third, Glaber short. If, you know, know like a, a Frazier, Dockman, Gardner in center. I, I, like that I mean, team as constructed not, should be handily like, possessed better against guys yeah. that they've been facing, and that's that's I think the frustrating part is because. You know, you can say what you want about past performances, and that's especially applied to to Voight and to Bird and to um, Tyler Wade. And um, of course, the recency bias that is always applied to Brett Gardner's um, notorious second half slides. But, you know, at this point, um, we're able to sort of see like like 18 strikeouts is just absolutely unheard of it was a yankee record for a nine inning game um and so like it's frustrating but there is a reason to believe because i think that there's a pretty reasonable chance that they'll bottom out at this point you know 18 strikeouts you have to hope 18 strikeouts um five runs in your last 27 innings you know you're sort of searching for like where the hell are they going to go from here and hopefully the idea is they show up in baltimore tomorrow ready to you know that that's a really hitter friendly ballpark and that they're ready to sort of stop all trying to trying to be heroes and go back to their approach i mean paul o'neill pointed it out today that like he noticed that he thought Luke Voigt's approach had changed that Voigt last year had been working up the middle the other way and that he had been flying open, trying to do too much. Um, And I think that that can kind of happen when you hit the big home run opening day and everyone's chanting your name. Like that probably, you know, did something to him, which is fine, but you know, you got to back it up. Right. At the same time, right. And I think, 
I think he's a good enough player with good enough contact skills that he'll be able to yeah. put those pieces together. But right now, you know, there's something about um, recognition and, and discipline that's just not, you know, gelling the way we all were expecting it to right out of the gate. So um, I think there definitely is reason to believe. Yeah. And Ample. it's understandable to be frustrated. Exactly. I think I think giving up on a team in April is Shallow. coward is cowardly, yeah. to be honest with you, unless you knew you weren't going to be really invested anyway. Because if that's what you're going to do, you know, you just didn't really you're a Mets fan because then it's justified. Well, right. The Mets, the Mets went 11 and one last year and everyone crowned them as champions. And we all saw what happened there. Um, and we're, you know, there's a repeat of it. The Yankees are starting sluggish. The Mets look like world series champs and, you know, who knows what's going to be happening come, you know, September 1st when things are starting to look more in shape for the playoffs. But, uh, you know, I think I'll wrap up by saying, believing at this point it can be difficult just because they've they haven't really shown much to believe in but the reality is that they're much better than what they've shown the past couple yeah. of days and, and a lot of times i mean paul o'neill um said on the broadcast the other night that the 98 team started out one and four and they had a meeting about getting their shit together. And I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, I won't get out to the media. The Yankees usually keep that stuff pretty close to the, you know, close to the vest, but they'll, they'll probably have a, a talk and just be like, Hey, like, you know, we know we're better than this. And yeah. I think, I think we'll be able to see it. And I think they just need to stop pressing. They need to stop. Um, just trying to do too much the hitters that the pitching has been fine. I'm not worried about the pitching at this point. Yeah. And, um, uh, I was going to say something, but I got distracted. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. So, um, something that we can believe in for right now is, the players that are producing, and one of which is DJ LeMahieu, and which leads us to our DM from the Nuestro Amigo Nuestro, ah, Jesus Christ, Nuestro Amigo Luis El Platano, who asks, Bench Gardner for Talquin? DJ hitting leadoff? Question mark? Alright. Yes? Yes. No, yes. No. Talquin? I'd rather, like, I'd rather, like, have gum. Um, Gardner, a proven guy, even oh, though he oh, stinks oh, geez. as well. Yeah, no, I read that backwards. Yeah, I, I don't. Yes, want, I don't want Talkman over. Yes, uh, yes, I agree. Bench Talkman for Gardner. I thought that was the other way around. No, yep. he said bench Gardner for Talkman. Yeah, no, that's a no go. And yeah, and hit him, DJ. Love, the overreaction off. to Brett Gardner, and I guess you could call it a slow start. For, that was the worst. But that was I mean, the worst. Let's say this. Like, he's not that good anymore. He never was that good of a, like, you know, a guy at the plate. But he's a valuable guy still, whether you like you like it or not. Yeah, and people acting like he was, like, the biggest detriment to the team so far was just absolutely preposterous. No, I mean, if anyone was, it's Voight. Yeah, like, he he has been, Gardner's, like, the eighth problem on the Yankees right now. 
Yeah. He's showing up and playing one of the most athletically demanding positions on the field and not complaining about it. And and he's, he's old. been fine at center field. Yeah. I mean, he's 37, I think, at this point. So 35. Um, 35. I was close enough. Um, yeah. The thing is, I'll, I'll give my take on that. Um, I think that Tuckman hasn't showed anything that makes him deserving of a start starting outfield role right now. Not a chance. Um, and I, I think the, the thing about LeMahieu that I think he's directing um, and um, we're seeing it now is that um, he's walking and he's looked very disciplined at the plate. I haven't seen him chase a whole lot. And that's sort of the book on him is that he, puts the bat on the ball a lot, doesn't walk a ton, but walks a decent amount and it is, is on base. I mean, he's got a 550 on base percentage right now. So um, he looks good in the leadoff spot today. I mean, yeah, not I a lot like of hitters, it. not a lot of hitters looked good. Um, and so like, you know, the, the reality of it is that I think DJ leading off makes more sense because you can slot Gardner in lower in the lineup and that, that won't hurt the team at all. And I think, um, I don't, I don't think Gardner needs to be benched. No, that's he just a little, if anything, we do need, be, we need veteran presence on this team. If anything, the last thing we he should needs be. to be batting seventh through ninth, not benched. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what should happen. Yeah. And honestly, so this next DM, I don't know if I necessarily want us to respond to it, but I just want to give this guy his platform. So at Yankees zero one nine four two five nine nine says in all caps, I'm tired of this first DD, then Hicks, then Stan. It hurts my heart. We're not even a week into the season. You could tell this is a bit of a dated direct message because we have since witnessed uh, the injuries of two more impact players. And I hope I wasn't the one to break that news to you, but we feel your pain. Yeah, it's you yeah, get it on. So I'm just going to. Yeah, it hurts. It sucks. The team sucks. Everything's injuries suck. But yeah. So next one, Virgil at Yankee uh, at Angry Yankees fan says, question for the pod. What is the best course of action with the, uh, for the Yankees regarding Miguel and Duhar? Should they try and bring him back without the shoulder and risk further injury, or go straight to the surgery ASAP? Or without the surgery, he says. And yeah. All right. I'll start. If he doesn't need it don't i mean don't give him it and if worse comes to worse and he can't like throw i mean he couldn't anyways so that's not an issue he sucked at that just like either can hurt him over to first or um or um um or a um, dh if he could like come back but obviously it's a ways away so i don't think he needs it well i don't think they should um i don't think he should have it if he doesn't need it uh, yeah, I'd say uh, give him is. a month if no surgery. Give him a month, come back, ease him in, DH. Uh, before he comes back, I want him doing a rehab assignment at first base. Yeah, quite frankly. I agree with that. Because if he can't like throw anymore, then you can't have him at third. He's already awful enough there. 
Yeah, like and his arm strength was his one strong suit. Yeah, if this is what it takes to make him a first baseman, that's fine. Like I don't think sucks, but I don't think he if he comes back this season is going to be on defense. I don't think at all. Yeah, just because not that's not worth the the risk. The nature of it is is that it affects throwing more than hitting. Um, and the result of that is going to be if he can hit, if his bat speed is there and it doesn't hurt him to do it, I, I got to think that they're going to try to have him play through it somehow. If he can sort of, if he can rehab through it and and have it not affect um, his time on the field, if he can, if he can DH through it, that's great because it means Stanton's and left and and you know ideally Hicks is back and Gardner is fourth outfielder or uh you know Gardner's in center or whatever but I mean the best case scenario is that he can come back in DH or he can come back if you know perfect world this is almost certainly not going to happen is he can play third base and they can play LeMahieu at second and it's like the Tulo injury didn't really do much, didn't cause any problems. But <clears throat> I, you know, I really hope that they can bring him back without surgery. But there's only one way to figure that out, and that's to go through the program where he does the the rehab and the physical therapy for a couple of weeks, and then they evaluate him. And you know that that official decision is going to carry a lot of weight for what um, ends up happening with him for the rest of 2019, as well as the Yankees' offense. All right, so in addition to a bunch of DMs from you guys this week, we got a few voicemails as well, which we love to see. First one, let's hear it. My name is Trajan Watkins. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. And I um, saw the news about Giancarlo Stanton having that bicep injury. And brings me back to the Cashman comments at the winter meeting saying the Yankees had too many outfielders. As a reason for not going after Bryce Harper. I mean, look, you didn't even have to go after Bryce Harper. You could have gotten an Adam Jones or maybe a Pollock or somebody, anybody other than having to rely on Michael Toppin and freaking Brent Gardner to give you ABs and play in the field until Stan gets back. Now, the upside, Frazier comes up, gives him another chance to prove himself, which I'm pretty happy about that. But other than that, uh, I don't see any positive news coming out of this. So, uh, Cashman, you're an outfielder or season's on you. Trey not sparing a single punch on Yankees general Brian Cashman. Um, I understand the frustration. I love Bryce Harper. Love, you know, he's a great player. I would love to see him it's not, on the but Yankees. Not but about him. It's about Yeah, it's not about him. And I honestly think long. like I would have loved Adam, Adam Jones. Jones. I would have loved him, but I don't think he's better than Brett Gardner. I mean, Hot so take. far he's been. I mean, it's early, he's not. so far he's been. Has he, though? What has he done? Yes, he has like three home runs already this year. Really? Gardner has, what, one? And that's his only fucking like, hit all year. All right, but like, still, I, I just don't think that yeah, we're going to see a season. You never have like two, um, I don't know, you, you can never have too many of a certain position on a baseball team. You just can't. So. I mean, at some point. That's what I'll say. 
At some point, yes. <laughs> kind of can. They never had too yeah. many outfielders with Hicks. The is problem always with hurt. it. The problem the with guard. it is that, that you can't sign players with the assumption that at some point someone's getting hurt and that's how they get their roster spot. You exactly. can't. You can't. That's like with with um. Before anybody was hurt, you know, people clamoring for Gio Gonzalez. He was never going to accept a spot on a team that clearly had no shot until there was an injury. No player wants to wait for that. So I think, you know, it does look bad that Cashman said what he said. And now we're at the point where there are, you know, it kind of is like, wow, we really wish there was another another guy. But the reality is. It's not going to be, it's not going to work itself out like that. You know, they can't assume players are going to get hurt and therefore sign them. You know, the Yankees don't get 28 roster spots because Aaron Hicks is, tends to pull his oblique around yeah. May 18th. You know, it doesn't work that way. I wish it did. So, but right. Well, you which can't is just why stockpile you real major league players. You, you can't throw them to AAA. I mean, we can't just like put them in a garage until somebody gets hurt. Right. Like, yeah. Sign a bunch of major league players. Like if we signed AJ Pollock and Adam Jones and Brett Gardner and Nick Marcakis, where are they going to go? Where are they gonna go? They're not going to go, you know, hide away in some Soho, you know, fucking loft until they're, until yeah, they're needed. Yeah. They're but, not just going to go to, um, you know, he, he, they, I think it's hard to, to look at, comments made in December and apply them to the reality of the team in April. And that's, that's nothing against what, what Trey was saying. It's just the nah, reality is Trey's a king. We love Trey, but like, but like you kind of have to look at where you are as a negotiator and a businessman as Cashman had to be in, um, in December and now we're at the point where he has to run this team the best way he can you know I'm not really sure what how much better he could have done given the fact that you have two starting outfielders who are hurt for extended periods of time I really don't know where um you know no team has has all-star depth it's just not it's just not a thing no so the reality of it is is that the Yankees were lucky in the first place that they could have Gardner play center Gardner and already a starting outfielder play center so that Stanton would move from DH to um, left field. That was already better than what most teams would do if their center fielder was hurt. Um, and so it just ends up sucking even more when then Stanton gets hurt. And then that's when you really have to dig into guys like Frazier, who even with Frazier, he's not your average, triple a outfielder he's not um and and so it's a bummer that they've had to dig as deep into the depth as they've had to at this point but they could be way worse hindsight is 2020 you know i i just want to know like i don't want to know but like i want to know what people think the red sox would look like if now if jd martinez jackie bradley jr rafael devers xander bogarts chris sale um, I'm trying to think of the equivalents. I don't even remember who's hurt on the team. There's so many fucking guys. Um, we get the point. I mean, yeah, there's there's the one of Batances is Matt Barnes, Frazier, Eek. 
but you get the point. Yeah, you know, exactly. A, a what would that team look like? Oh, it'd be ten times game. worse as ours. Like, honestly, it'd be worse. Way but, worse. They don't have yeah. the internal depth. I mean, Rusny Castillo would be starting in center field for this team. Getting paid like, as a starter. Uh, they would oh. go to something else before that because they want to pay him. Yeah, no, they I have guess. to pay him. Well, I guess <laughs> he's, well, I mean, they want, he's, he's not on the luxury tax, right? He's just yeah. He physically can't be on the roster because he would put them over another tax. I think. I didn't know that. No, actually. I think he's still getting paid. Like just like how they're still play, paying Pablo Sandoval, still paying Rudy Castillo, and I think yeah, he's still. Are, I don't know. I feel like there was something else wrong with that, but I don't know. That that's completely completely yeah, beside the point. Besides, besides everything, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally don't agree, but I do understand the frustration with Brian Cashman and, and a lot of people and fans wanting to hold him accountable for some of his. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess a lot of people see those broken promises. I don't see it that way, but I understand the frustration. I don't see him as egregiously as saying or doing anything egregiously bad. I yeah, don't. No. And actually, I'm checking on it now. The the Sox are paying thirty thirty two point seven million dollars combined to Rusny Castillo, Pablo Sandoval, and Sandy Leon to not play for their major league club. Uh, so you know that's that's something, but crazy, crazy, crazy that that the Yankees are at this point. Um, and it's you know it's a test of the depth but the reality is the Yankees are better off with with who they have internally to a certain degree than than what you know could be lurking and I think I think we kind of have to see what happens and sort of take a deep breath and and allow what happens to happen I completely agree. We're going to go to our next voicemail. Let's listen in. Hey, this is uh, Nippon from Jackson, New Jersey. Nippon Ramachandra. I'm a big Yankees fan. And man, uh, I just want to talk about this, year, this opening series against the Warriors at home. What, who loses two out of three to a minor league team? Come on, man. Like, an Arab wound, I didn't get what he did yesterday with putting his Harpley on, with down by one and putting his Harpley in. And giving up those two runs and all. If, if you had, you, he should have put like Chad Green in or someone else, one of the big guys. And when you're down by one, I don't get this sometimes. And this whole this opening series is a joke, man. I, I hopefully we can rebound tonight against Detroit. And then all and then to the Stanton injury. Come on, man. Brian Cashman, man. Too many outfields. Oh, come on. Too many outfields. Come on, man. You should have. Bryce Harper was right there, available. We could have got him. And. And when he said too many alphabets, too many alphabets, I was like, what? That, that was a blind statement. Come on, Cashman, you can do better than that. But hopefully we can bounce back tonight and let's go, Yankees. Yeah, well. well let's go, Yankees. I agree with that. Yeah. I certainly do agree back, with that. And they did bounce down, um, back because they took the first game of the series. But they did bounce back and then they fell back down. Yeah. You know, it was well, kind of like what we said in the last one. That's Jay-Z, heart of the yeah. city. But I understand, like, I don't know, the bullpen thing, when everyone was going off on Twitter, putting in Steven Tarpley hey. in a one-run game, I understand, but, like, the at the same time, you, 
everyone forgets he doesn't make any of the moves, right? It's all the analytics. Yeah, oh, yeah it's not Aaron Boone's fault. Yeah, it's the Harvard kids. Yeah, exactly. So, but like at the same time, Stephen Tarver is part of this bullpen, and he deserves every right to be part in the games. And I think if Aaron Boone calls upon him, or if the Harvard kids call upon him to get it done in a certain spot, he has every last capability that Adam Adovino has to get three outs. I mean, he's still a major league pitcher and he did very, very well throughout the spring. So I, I don't know that I wasn't too worried about, but like, yeah, the, the injuries, it does make the off season look, you know, bad. It wasn't, but it makes it look bad because so many people are injured now and depth looks thin and everything. But we, as we kind of just said, we could be so much worse off. And at this rate, we might, you know, we, I don't know. We might get there. <laughs> Let's hope not, but. Yeah, I mean, God. All right, so we have one last voicemail for you guys tonight. Uh, a loyal friend of the podcast. Always good for a voicemail. Let's hear it. Uh, hey, guys, Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I want to talk about the defense going forward. Assuming uh, two of their short and uh, Burton Void are uh, holding down the fort at first. Uh, would you guys rather have Glaber at second and DJ at third, or would you rather have DJ at second and Glaber at third? Because on on one hand, uh, with playing DJ at third, you're playing you know two guys out of position as opposed to one. But on the other hand, you know maybe the Yankees value third base defense more because of because you're facing more righties and stuff, and uh, you need and they trust DJ to handle third, you know, almost as well as second. So where do you stand on uh, the defensive alignment going forward? Thanks, guys. I say keep it as it is, honestly. I mean, keep um, keep DJ at third. Glaber will probably play a lot more short now because of um, Tulo. But... Keep DJ at third. He's looked amazing there so far. So that's my take on that. I I would agree because it's a, like the easiest, you know, it makes the most sense. But I've always been intrigued by the idea of Glaber playing third. I think it would be a fun experiment. I don't know how successful it would be, but I think he has the tools and the arm to be a good enough baseman. I think him being a little bit slower than DJ would play into him. His range being good for third base. Uh, and obviously we know DJ is more than capable at second. So if it ever came down to that, I wouldn't be opposed. It might be a little bit different now that we don't have the pure shortstop on the roster besides Glaber. So I think we're going to see him there a lot more. And we might see Tyro Estrada at third base or something like that, which I wouldn't hate. But yeah, I think that the Yankees do put a premium on third base defense, which is why they put... DJ there. I mean, like we wouldn't have seen that if they if they didn't, quite frankly. But um Yeah, I, I think if Glaber ever did play third, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be very, very intrigued to see how the experiment would go. But I think for now we're gonna see either DJ at third, Estrada at second, and then Glaber at short, or switching DJ and Estrada or something like that. I think the way it's gonna end up, I, I just pulled some numbers. Um Tyra Estrada has played. Um, what's the number here? Where he's played, f- um, he's made fifty starts at third base. 
uh, in his minor league career. The most recent of which he had three in 2017, nine in 2016, and hasn't really played it consistently. He played it 47 games in 2016 when he was still playing um, in high A ball in Tampa. Um, so I think the most likely scenario, imagine a you know a depth chart is going to be Glaber Torres is the starting shortstop. You know, most most days a week. Um, Tyler Wade and Estrada are probably going to platoon second base. The backup third baseman is Wade. And so there's, you know, they're, they're, the reality is they're not exactly deep anymore because the depth guys are, are starting now. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of, I think at this point with Tulo Hurt, the reality is LeMahieu's starting third, Torres is starting at short, and it's Wade or Estrada, depending on who's pitching. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll see some shifting around like lefties or this and that, or like who's on the mound for the Yankees. Yeah, analytics, you know, that dirty work with the ball wear in the opposing team and which pitcher allows the ball wear. All that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think really at this point with the fielding prowess that Tyler Wade brings to the field or the lack thereof, and Tyro Estrada not being necessarily a major league player, we're not going to see too much variance one way or another. Whichever one we see is probably going to be what it is for a little while at this point. So strap in. Glaber Torres, hope you like shortstop. I know you do, but I hope you like it. But So that is all we got for you guys this week. Um, The Yankees stink. The Yankees stink. We lost two of three to the Tigers, two of three to the Orioles. Uh, and those are both at home. We're on to Baltimore tonight. Um, I think it's a 635 start. It's a, no, it's a seven o'clock. It's a three. Oh, three. Three o'clock. See, I'm all yeah. fucked up. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, God, I can only hope for a better outcome from these next three games. And then we go to see Houston, which they're just never know. bad like us. We yeah, they're bad like us, but you really just never know what you're going to get from yeah. them. So, um, God, I wish I could send this off with some poetic soliloquy like I have the couple in you know, the past couple episodes and all giddy and happy and looking forward to baseball. But baseball has made me angry. The Yankees have made me angry. So they are less than deserving of such poetic justice at this point in time. And on that note, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Rate, subscribe, listen, rate, subscribe, listen, tell your friends, tell your mother, tell her friends, tell her friends to tell their mothers and their friends and everybody. Retweet, tweet at us, call in, DM, all of it. We love it. Go Yankees. Let's try to not lose two out of three to the Orioles again. It'll happen. It'll happen. And we should prepare ourselves for that. If we win 10 games... Yeah. As always, thank you guys so much making this possible. Episode 008. We are now on to the 4th of April in this year 2019. But thank you all. Good night. Go Yankees. 27 World Championships. Cue the music. Mm-hmm.